to Musings on Faith, a podcast series from St. George Episcopal Church in the Villages, Florida. I am Marianne DeSantis, a parishioner at St. George and your host for several special podcasts about Holy Week. Today I'm talking with the Reverend Ed Bartle, Associate Rector at St. George, about the importance and meaning of our Holy Week observances, beginning with Palm Sunday. While Easter is the most important festival in the Christian calendar, the days leading up to Easter have special significance because they remind Christians of God's sacrifice of his son. Father Ed, what can we learn about Jesus through his, the last week of his life, beginning with Palm Sunday? Well, you know, Jesus was on a journey from, from the onset, and everything Jesus was doing was working in a direction where he was heading to Jerusalem and heading to the cross. And just before um, Palm Sunday, before he made his appearance in Jerusalem, he had pulled the, the disciples aside and told them that he was going to have to uh, face persecution, face um, the elders and the scribes and everyone who were, were going to put him on trial and ultimately kill him. And that after three days he would rise from the dead. And the disciples uh, couldn't comprehend what he, what he was saying. They, they just didn't, it was incomprehensible what, what Jesus was telling them. Um, but this was all at, uh, leading up to his making his appearance in Jerusalem. And that starts on Palm Sunday. And on Palm Sunday, Jesus um, approaches the city of Jerusalem after sending uh, one of his disciples to gather up uh, a donkey and uh, and they put Jesus on the donkey and were leading him into Jerusalem while the crowds were all singing Hosanna and waving palm branches or waving blankets or waving whatever they could because they, they saw Jesus as coming in as a Messiah and the Messiah that he is and he was at that time is not the Messiah they were expecting and so this exuberance this uh, great um, excitement of seeing him come in ultimately ends up in the tragedy of the cross or the the event of the cross and the excitement goes from hallelujah and hosanna in the highest to crucify him crucify him um, and so uh, Palm Sunday is a very important date in our our uh, calendar year. It starts off Holy Week. And the service involves a procession outside of the church where the uh, gospel is read and uh, palm branches are, are um, blessed. And then we process into the church uh, for the service. And during the service, the passion of Christ is read, and it's it's a very compelling account. All th- four of the uh, the gospelers talk about the passion, but Mark, Luke, and uh, Matthew uh, are used alternate years and their passion. I was wondering about that because I looked in our uh, Book of Common Prayer and I saw, and uh, I believe it was for Good Friday though. The the, uh, the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ is that one is the one according to John, is that well yeah so, so it's, that one's used the Mark, uh, Matthew, 
and, and Luke. Uh, it depends on which, you know, our church is divided into three years, year A, B, and C, and each one of them is uh, for a particular year. But with John, John is the only uh, passion story, the only gospel that we'll use on Good Friday for what is believed the reason is because John was actually a first-hand witness to the crucifixion of Christ, that he was actually there, he saw it. And in John's own words, he's, he's more intent on um, being, uh, showing a theological interpretation of, of what Christ's journey was all about. Um, you know, in the end of his gospel, he, he says that things have been recorded that, that have not been recorded that Jesus did, but I tell you this so that you understand that Jesus is who he says he is, that Jesus is the Son of God. And so John's pretty significant on, on Good Friday. Well, we'll talk more about Good Friday on yeah. one of our later uh, Holy Week recordings, but okay. let's get back to um, Palm Sunday, and you've talked about how we celebrated it because uh, I'm always... Um, for some reason, when I arrive at church on Palm Sunday, I'm always surprised to see everyone standing outside. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about that, the significance of starting the service outside. Well, it, it would be like uh, being in Jerusalem when Jesus came in. All the crowds are outside. They weren't in the temple when he mm -hmm. came in. I mean, uh, and so I guess we, we try to represent um, the procession of, of Christ coming into Jerusalem through um, gathering everybody outside and then everybody processing in. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it, it's fun because some people have their selected pews and it's hard to get them to get up and come outside because <laughs> they, they've got their seat reserved. Um, but we do that. And those that are able, those that are ambulatory, we, we start outside, we say a gospel reading, um, we talk about the passion a little bit. We bless the crosses. The choir processes singing um, Hosanna, and it's just a festive occasion. And like I said, it starts off festive, but by the time the service is over, we just put Christ on the cross. And so we depart quietly. That's right. I remember that yeah. now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and, and it's, it's certainly a different service than what we're used to on our other, oh, yeah. any other given Sundays, yeah. but it's also a very um, poignant service, I think. Yeah, and everybody is given a palm branch or a palm cross. Um, many churches make their own palm crosses, mm -hmm. um, which gathers the women together, and it's quite, a, quite an event to make them. But the, the, the significance of the palm cross is you keep it for the year, and then the next year, just before Ash Wednesday, you surrender your palm crosses and we burn them, which creates the ashes for Ash Wednesday. Right, right. Yeah. So anything, anything. Well, anything else about Palm Sunday before we ne we move into the next observance, which is Tenebrae? Yeah. Well, the, the only thing that I would just complete it on is just remember that on Palm Sunday we read what's called the Passion, and that's um, just a recreation of, of Christ moved from being arrested up through his crucifixion. And people are um, given parts to read, so the congregation can actually take part 
in 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 the uh, in the actual in the action, in like the, the trial, trial. Yeah. yeah and they they have speaking parts and uh, everybody gets to yell crucify him which is really a heartrending mm-hmm. moment it's, you know. it's a, I always got stuck playing Judas I don't know why that happened but, <laughs> oh, no. uh, yeah not my favorite character <laughs> No, so that's you probably because no one else wanted to play him. So that, mm, I said, let's give that yeah. one to Father Ed and everything. Okay. Well, as I had mentioned to you earlier, I'm not uh, familiar with Tenebrae uh, because I'm not. Sh- I don't think all churches have Tenebrae services, correct? correct? And I didn't see anything in the Book of Common Prayer uh, about it. You probably won't, but it's in what we call the Book of Occasional Services. A book, the Book of Occasional Services. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. I just I want to read it from the concerning the service so that you get a good idea. What okay. It's the name Tenebrae is a Latin word for darkness or shadows, and has for centuries been applied to the ancient monastic night and early morning services. If you if you if you know your history, you know before the Book of Common Prayer was written, and in, in England and the the church had all these seven different times when you would get up in the middle of the night and lauds and matins and, and so forth. Um, and so they, they refer to this as the monastic night and early morning services, matins and night and lauds in the morning. Of the last three days of Holy Week, which in medieval times came to be celebrated on uh, preceding evenings. Um, but it's, 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 Tenebrae is a very... Um, mystical and spiritual service what it involves you come into the church and there would be a candelabra on the altar with either seven candles or 15 candles uh, the abbreviated form does seven candles and you read some psalms and you do some recitations from scripture and after each psalm is read a, a candle is extinguished and then you go on to the next reading. And actually, we're, this year we're going to have the choir. Hopefully, it's going to be chanting the repository, the responses. Um, and as you go, as all the candles are extinguished, the one in the middle it remains lit, and that represents the Christ. And, and so at a certain point, that candle is removed from the calder and hidden behind the altar, and it representing... Uh, the light being taken from a, the Christ, Christ. You know. and then at that point there comes this loud noise just a bang and everybody jumps which represents the earthquake or the splitting of the, the temple and all everything that was going on after the crucifixion and then the light the candles brought back up indicating that the light of Christ has returned and then everybody departs from the church by that single candle light very quietly oh wow Sounds like a very symbolic. It is symbolic uh, service. It's um, it can be long if you do the whole th- all fifteen <laughs> candles, but it's just a, a brilliant can- uh, service that makes you think. You you hear all the psalms, you hear these stories from Lamentations and others, um, and just that last minute of knowing that Christ's light had been taken away and brought back. It just, it's, it's, it's very very significant yeah. and symbolic. So. And like Maundy Thursday, you, you leave in total silence. You don't, okay. you don't go out and have coffee hour. Well, 
Thank you, Father Ed. Uh, I think that we will stop here for today, and uh, then because because Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday are so significant, I think we will do a separate uh, podcast recording for those two observances. And thank you for your time today. My pleasure. And, and listeners, thank you for giving us your time today. Please subscribe to Musings on Faith and leave us a voice comment by clicking on the link at the bottom of this podcast description. You may also write to us at musingsonfaith at gmail.com. You can also keep up with St. George Episcopal Church in the Villages on Facebook and Instagram.